Hey, welcome back to another podcast, the Concrete CEO Podcast. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about how I solve problems in my business and obviously how that relates to how you can solve problems in your business as well. Because we all know running a business, one of the hardest things is that it's not like there's someone you could just always call who knows the exact solutions to all of your problems. We have to be the head of marketing, the head of productivity, the head of sales, the head of everything until at least we grow to a certain size. And until that point, you almost have to be a little bit of jack of all trades and a master of none. But in this episode, I'm just going to talk a little bit about my experience as far as uh, how I've went about solving problems in the past. And I'm also going to talk about um, recently, I had to solve a really complicated problem and didn't know an easy solution. And so I actually had to take a last minute trip to Texas. If you guys don't know, I'm actually from Colorado. But I'm going to talk about all that in today's episode. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy. And some of the background that I wanted to start with is, and I know we already mentioned it, but it's not easy to solve problems in your business, right? And that's one of my main motivating factors for you know starting this podcast. I have a YouTube channel, etc. Um, is I remember super vividly when I was trying to have my business. I guess, grow, you know, be better. Like there's no one that starts a business and wants to be mediocre. At least if you did, I think, uh, I don't know why you would be a business owner at that point. I feel like at that point you may as well just be an employee, right? Cause as an employee, you don't have to deal with all the headache. You don't have to deal with all the stress. There's just so many more things that you don't have to worry about when you're an employee. So being a business owner, you almost have to be a little bit crooked in the head in the sense that you just expect a little more out of life. And that's awesome. And, uh, you know, it's an amazing thing, but one of the problems that they don't tell you, you know, cause again, there's no one to tell you or warn you about this stuff before you become a business owner is, Hey, remember when you were an employee and you had, you know, you always had the boss to, to back up to, right? Like if you really had a difficult problem that needed solving, that wasn't actually your issue. It was your boss's issue at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, it was their business, not yours. But now the roles are reversed, right? When we all leave, we go into our business. Um, and when you start, you think you just don't anticipate all the things that are going to happen, right? And the crazy part is, like a lot of people, they make the mistake of they're like, oh, no, I've got people to talk about my problems with. I could go ask my friends, my family, etc. Um and one, if you do that, unless they have been in your exact shoes or at minimum have been a business owner themselves, they're probably not going to be able to give the best advice. I mean, we all hear this all the time, right? Where it's like, say, for instance, someone wants to get relationship advice and then they go ask all their friends who are all single. Hey, how do I like how do I fix this problem in my relationship? Right. Like, how do I uh, like you know, my significant other and I are fighting about X, Y, Z, like, what would you do? And then of course your friend that gives you advice, they may have the best intentions in their heart and because they care about you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are qualified to help you with the problem, right? And that's the thing where I think a lot of people get tripped up is everyone's going to have an opinion, right? And so a lot of times with me, I realized that I just had to stop asking for advice from a lot of my family because I realized that they just didn't understand what it actually felt like to be a business owner and what it actually meant on how to solve these problems. Um, And they're not one dimensional, right? Like if we fix 
one problem, it's going to affect other areas of the business. Or for instance, if we're like, oh yeah, we'll just spend more money in marketing and that's going to solve the problem. Well, if you're not pricing correctly, right, then you're not going to make money. Or there's just, there's a million examples and we don't need to dive into that. But, you know, that's kind of the background. And I think it's something that, you know, as business owners, we can all relate to specifically. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, most likely you're in the concrete industry. Um, and it's a hard industry, man. I mean, it's backbreaking work. You're outside in the heat or the cold. Um, your body's sore. And then on top of that, you're expected to manage all the other things in the business that actually run the business, right? Like the office, the sales, the marketing, um, everything. And so, you know, recently in my business, I was having a big issue. Um, and you know, it's not my first rodeo, as you would say, you know, it's my fifth year in business, but it never really seems to get easier. I just seem to get a little bit better as far as my problem solving uh, skills, like just basically like the skills that I have to take a problem, try to dissect it, figure out a solution, and then implement it into my business. So I want to walk through a recent problem that I was having in my business, and we're technically in the midst of solving it right now, but I'm going to talk about exactly, you know, what are the steps that I went through to solve the problem? How did I get the information? And then how do I get, you know, the information out of my head? And more importantly, like, how do I instill that into the team? So that, that way the team gets better because, you know, it does no good if the information just sit in my head um, and I can dream about it at night. <laughs> like, that's not going to help anyone. It's not going to do anything, right? So just for some background, what my business was experiencing is, you know, one of the things that I think we're going to talk a lot about on this podcast is a lot about marketing, sales, sales strategy, um, how to appear different than competitors, right? How to establish a brand, all the things that I think a lot of businesses really struggle with. But, you know, it's kind of funny because we put so much focus on that over the long haul. I didn't even realize how many issues that were being developed on the other end of the business. And when I say the other end of the business, I'm talking all about the work. And the reason I didn't feel like there's any issues because we never really have any customer complaints. I mean, yeah, we have some and some people, as you guys know, are just literally crazy. And, uh, you know, God bless them is all you could say, right? There's not much that you could do with some people. Um, but the thing is, I thought that we just needed to do good work. And that's all that mattered, which is stupid because I knew that it wasn't just about doing good work, but you had to be what's called efficient, right? I mean, cause that's the thing. When I look back over our profit and loss statements all the time, I noticed the more and more that I personally left the field and that I didn't have my eyes on the field, I just noticed that projects would seem to take longer than what I would remember. You know, like I remember back in 2018 when we started the business and it was me and uh, we had, you know, only one labor and we'd be able to go demo out a 300 square foot patio by hand with a jackhammer and wheelbarrows and get it formed up and it would take like a day, <laughs> like but, you know, I worked my ass off, right? I mean, because, you know, it was my money. So I cared and I wanted to go fast because I knew the faster that we went, the more money I was going to make. Um, and then the, the more time that I went, we started building out the company. You know, now we have multiple crews. We have a project manager. I manage the project manager, the office manager, the salesman, and the chief operations officer. So that's really my full-time role. And... What I realized is the longer that I got out of the business and I personally didn't have my eyes on it, um, obviously I didn't train, say for instance, the project manager the correct way because we're losing efficiency. And 
in this business, the name of the game is all about efficiency. And what I started, you know, it, it started to hit me because I was like, man, you know, we are a premium company. We charge a premium price. Uh, we're definitely not cheap by any stretch of the imagination. But at the end of the year, why are we not keeping as much money as what, um, as what we thought we should? And, you know, this is one of my huge downfalls is I always just kind of have like a trust that everything's going to work out. I really need to be better about diligently watching everything, which is what we're moving towards. But so basically step one is I had a hunch about the problem. Um, obviously, ideally, I would have been a lot more diligent just to begin with. But we all know how life gets in the way. Business gets in the way. And we can't be perfect, right? We can't expect to be perfect. But so I realized that there was a problem. So with my chief operations officer, I went to him. And if you don't have that, you know, if you're just a smaller company, that's not a big deal, but it's something that you have to do. And I, I basically said like, Hey, go through. And for every job that we estimate, we have an estimated man hours, estimated concrete, estimated materials, et cetera. As like, go through and start putting all this stuff into like an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, you don't have to be as complicated as Excel. You could write on the back of a napkin. It doesn't really matter. You just need the information. So step one was I just needed the information. I said, okay, if we bid, let's say a 600 square foot driveway and we bid, let's just say 50 hours, are we actually doing the job in 50 hours? Or are we taking longer? And very shortly after, so well, one, I guess I should say the thing that that's called is job costing. Okay. So if you don't do job costing, um, if you're a small company, you might not need it just because you're on the crew, you understand everything already, but just know as you grow, like you have to have certain systems in this, like this in place because you're not always going to be there. Like you're not going to have a million of you. Right. And then I know a lot of people get frustrated and say, well, why do my employees not care? Like, of course they're not going to care, man. They just want a paycheck. And that's why they're an employee and not a business owner. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I also don't judge my employees for not caring. Cause I remember when I was an employee and I didn't give a crap, like nothing. Right. <laughs> I don't know if any of you can relate. Obviously I want to do good work, but man, like I really didn't care that much, not nearly as much as I do now. So we can't really expect that of our employees. But so what we did is we started job costing. Okay. So, and then when we did the job costing, we really started to realize, well, one, we were doing work and it was taking longer than estimated. So really all the hours that were being overestimated, it hit us twofold. And let me explain. So let's just say if we bid a job to take 50 hours. And if you don't know what a man hour is, it's simply every man that's on the crew for one hour is a man hour. So if you have five people on the crew in one hour, you have five man hours for your, for, for your crew. Cause you have five people there. Um, but let's just say if we bid a job for 50 man hours and then it takes 60. So the crazy part is it, it hurts you double because one, those extra 10 hours that you bid are obviously going to go straight to costs that you as the business owner did not account for. Right. Um, so that's like the first problem. And you were probably thinking, oh man, that's not a big deal. I still made a gross profit. I'm all, I'm all good. But the thing is, is it sacks up because ideally what would have happened <clears throat> is the crew would have finished in 50 hours and those other 10 hours you were still going to have in the, as an expense in the business, but it was going to be used as productive time on another job. So one, your job costs on that one job are going up, but what you also have to realize is you're losing out on doing other jobs at a faster speed as well. So your revenue is going down and your costs are going up. And honestly, if you let this continue for a long enough time, um, it's going to be a huge problem. And, you know, luckily for us, we still make money, 
But obviously the goal of a business, right, is like, if I'm going to be doing this and taking on all the stress, I want to make as much money as I possibly can, right? I mean, that's like, I'm not trying to rip any customers off or anything like that. And I want to be fair. But at the same time, like, man, if I'm, if I'm already there and doing it, like, let's just make good money, right? Like, why not? Um, that's the goal. And we even have profit sharing. So I guess, you know, that that's the problem, right? And again, how did I attempt to solve this? I mean, one is we implemented a profit sharing program, which, you know, in hindsight, I, I don't necessarily regret, but I thought it was going to work better because I was like, man, how can we get these guys to be motivated? And then I was like, oh man, I know if they get a certain, a certain percentage of the profits and I tell them that's all based on how much money we make. And I tell them that one of the biggest factors to making this money is working fast. Like all of a sudden they're going to care. Um, and I bet it helped a little bit, but honestly, I didn't see a huge change. So then it was back to the drawing board. I would talk to my project manager and my business partner, Caesar and little Caesar. And I would, I would be like, Hey, like what's going on here? Like, why, like, why aren't we going fast? And what was weird is, and I don't blame them, right? From their perspective, they're just like, oh, Tyler's the office man, you know, sits with his feet high up in the air, uh, chilling every day. And who is he to say that we're slow, <laughs> right? Um, even though I had some prior experience in the field, um, but from their perspective, they're like, oh yeah, you know, Tyler doesn't know what he's talking about. And honestly, I don't really blame him because I would feel the same way if I was in their shoes. And so then I knew that I had to get a little bit creative, because I knew that I still had this problem and it needed to be fixed. And so I had a credibility problem, right? Because they're like, oh, well, Tyler doesn't understand. And so what did I do? Um, one, luckily, thank God, I'm in a networking group. So that's step one. If you don't have other people inside the industry that you can call that you trust that are high quality business owners, don't be in a freaking free group because you're always going to get what you pay for, right? If you're in a free group, you're going to get all the cheapies out there who don't want to invest in their business. And honestly, they may not be the best business owners. If I were you, I would get into a paid group. For instance, I have a group called Concrete CEO. It's concreteceo.com slash mastermind, which I'll link down below in the description. And it's a group where people pay to be in there and you should want to pay. Because remember, if you're paying, everyone else in the group is also paying, which means that they are serious about business and about growth, right? And again, it goes back to the very first problem. Be careful who you're getting advice from. Because if that person isn't qualified to give you advice, man, that is going to be the most expensive mistake that you could possibly make in your business. But anyways, right? So I have this group, concreteco.com slash mastermind. And one of the members in there, I always noticed he was always posting, um, posting stuff. And he's like, I did, you know, this uh, 600 square foot driveway in a day, which if you're listening to this, you're probably like, well, dude, duh, like I could do that too. Or you might be like me and be like, damn, that's pretty damn fast. Like I couldn't do it that fast. And so what I did is I literally just called him up and I was like, Hey man, I know you don't like really know me. And, uh, I sounded a little bit like a crazy person, but I was like, dude, can I like just come down and like watch how your business operates? And then I offered some of like my special team return. I'm like, Hey man, I'm pretty good at marketing and sales. So like in return, I'll teach you a little bit about what I know. Um, but I want to see like how the heck you're doing these jobs so fast. And you know, he's like, yeah, sure. Let's plan it. And he's like, when, and I was like, can I like come today? And he was like, laughed. And I was like, no, like I'm serious. Like, can I come today? 
And, uh, you know, he's like, let me call my business partner, calls me back. And 30 minutes later, I had the answer like, yes, I can go out there. Um, so one, I want to show you guys when I realize I have a problem, I don't mess around And and the reason that I don't do that is because we all have this problem, right? Say for instance, we are, we have an issue and we know about it. One dealing with issues is not fun. And so if you don't strike the iron while the iron's hot, you know, you might fall asleep and the next day you might be like, oh man, you know, I got all this crap going on. I'm not really feeling like it, you know, and then the next day it's going to feel less important. The next day it's going to feel less important. And then before you know it, you're going to forget all about that. You even had the problem, but it doesn't mean that the problem's not there. It just means that you're not paying attention to it. So that's first thing, um, is when I have these issues, like don't let them linger, right? You got to take care of them right away because that is the goal of the business owner. We got to remove all the issues on a daily basis. And just because we're busy does not mean that we're doing the things that are going to move the business forward. Okay. Cause I could have also went and helped the guys. I could have maybe picked up some rebar for them and sure. I would have like been like, Oh yeah, that was a good couple hours. And I helped the guys move faster, but what's a higher quality problem that needs solving. Right. I mean, to me, <laughs> it's how do we become more efficient? Um, just in general. So anyways, I fly down there. Um, and my, uh, the guy from the group, you know, I met him for the first time and, uh, he's a super cool guy down there in Texas. And, um, he's like, so, you know, like, what do you want to do? I was like, dude, can I just like be a part of your crew for a day? Like, can I just see what happens? And so I went out there and, um, and I went and I helped his guys in the field and I just kind of observed, see how they're doing. And here was some of the things that I learned as far as, um, how to move fast. First, it was kind of crazy to me because there really was no special sauce in the sense that I was like, oh, surely they're using some piece of equipment that I'm not, not really. I was like, surely they have some weird, I don't know, procedure and it makes them faster. And then I was like, you know, honestly, not really. And this is kind of the crazy part is all I really noticed is that their guys just like worked really hard. And they didn't really have to tell them. Like, for instance, when we showed up to the job site, we immediately started working. Like, for instance, the foreman went and he went and talked to the customer. And while he was talking to the customer, the other guys were like, they they already knew what to do, right? They started unloading the rebar. They started grabbing out the forms. They started unloading the equipment. And they really just started like, you know, getting to work, which you know, <laughs> I know that doesn't sound crazy, but it's like, man, if you're easy on your guys, like they will have the tendency to like not do that. Um, and then like, they just worked hard all day in like, I would ask him, I'm like, so like, do you guys really do anything to move this fast? And then, you know, what they said was like a lot different than what I expected. Like I said, I, I, w- I kind of expected some secret sauce, but in reality, all he said is like, man, it's just about our culture. And I was like, really? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, we just expect that they work that fast. And he's like, you wouldn't believe how many people that we hire and they come work with us and they had worked for other companies in the past and they immediately didn't work out in our company because we expect them to work fast. And don't get me wrong, guys. I mean, they're not, they're not slave drivers. They don't expect their people to work so hard and, you know, keep them in balls and chains. And (laughs) like, that's not really how it goes, but there is an expectation that people work hard. So that's number one. 
And number two is there was a lot of accountability. So like, for instance, the project manager, he didn't just like set a guy on the job site and then say, okay, good luck, everyone. Um, you know, I guess finish this is, you know, finish this as fast as you can and give them a pat on the back and then just entrust that they're going to try their hardest. Um, which in an ideal world, man, how nice would that be if we could do that? And honestly, that's the trap that we fell into as a business. We would just line our guys up, pat them on the back, say, here you go. Here's your little project. You know, let us know when you're thinking you're going to be done so we could line up stuff. And man, looking back, like that was just so dumb. Like, and this is also like one of my biggest downfalls just as a person in general. I just trust everyone, man. I, I really do. And I think it's easy to fall into that trap. And not that this guy in Texas didn't trust his guys, but man, he just held his team accountable, which if you think about it, like, let's just go to sports for a second, right? I mean, if you are in, in, in the, in the NBA, you're one of the top athletes in the world, but that doesn't mean that they don't have a coach who still is there and will force the hand of the actual players and say, dude, I don't care if you're not feeling good. We have practice today. And then when they get to practice, it's not just like, oh man, we're just going to like trots around and yeah, like, no man, if we're here to practice, we're going like, we're going full steam ahead. That's the job of the coach. And as you know, in business, it's basically the same thing, right? Accountability is not a bad thing. And actually their culture was amazing because it was so, everything was so accountable. Like everyone that they had on their team was just a high performer because they were expected to be. If you weren't a high performer, you were not going to make it in their company, right? So honestly, that was like the biggest takeaway um, that I learned from it. And the cool part is now when I'm coming back to Colorado and I'm talking to my project manager, which is little Caesar, I'm talking to Caesar, like they even asked me, they said, okay, what's the secret sauce? And I'm about to have my meeting with them tonight. So I'll do more follow-up stuff on this later. But I was like, um, what I'm going to tell them is like, and it's, it might even be a little hard for them to, I guess, grasp because honestly, it's really the leadership's fault, which is, you know, at the end, it's my fault, right? Because if I didn't set Caesar and little Caesar up for success, then at the end of the day, it's my fault, right? But then who's next up in line? Caesar and little Caesar, right? Why? Because they're managing the guys. So one, it is my job. It, it is at the end of the day, it is my responsibility. It's my fault. But now that I know better, I am going to have to drive it in that really the only difference is we just have to hold our guys accountable. And the crazy thing is we honestly might make some guys mad. We might even make some guys leave us. I don't know. I don't know what's going to come. All I know is what we're doing now isn't good enough, right? It's like, it's no longer good enough. It used to be good enough and now it's not because I've seen firsthand that other companies are just straight up doing better. Like they they literally in Texas, they were doing jobs twice as fast as we were, which was mind boggling to me. If a project would take me 100 man hours, it would take them 50. And over time, that, that adds up, right? Because again, my labor costs on a job are twice as high and if I would have done the job in half the time and another job in half the time, that means I would have doubled my revenue just by being more efficient. And so it was a great learning experience. Um, I'm happy because, you know, being in business for five years, I've learned how to do creative things. I basically, the way that I look at solving problems now is literally whatever it takes. Like I don't care. And 
And I'm also not going to listen to someone that doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. Because there was probably a lot of people that I could have listened to. And they would have just said something that was irrelevant, right? But I wanted to see firsthand how it was done. And as a business owner, I am willing to do whatever it takes. I didn't care that my flight was $600. I didn't care that my hotel, I think, was $500. You know, spent a cut. Like, I just dropped over basically $1,500. And I didn't do a lot of the stuff that I normally do on a day-to-day basis just to learn this. But to me, that is the most powerful thing that you can do. So... I hope that this episode helps you guys. That's a little bit into the background on how I solve problems. That's also kind of a cool thing for how we are going about fixing the productivity problem. And that is really all I got for this episode. So stay tuned for the next one. And I'm excited to keep spending some time with you guys. And uh, again, you know, kind of going back to what we talked in the very beginning, right? It's about the type of person that you're receiving advice from um, who will make the biggest impact in your life. So honestly, if you're not at $4 million a year in business, maybe you're just starting your business or maybe you've been in business for a while and it's stagnated and I bring a different mindset. That's my goal from this podcast. And I think that you're making a very wise investment listening to this. If my personal experience is something that can benefit you. So that's all I got for you in this podcast. Don't forget to check the link down below as far as concreteco.com slash mastermind. I hope to see you guys in there and I'll see you guys in the next episode.